Well, hello there. This is The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and uh, this episode is going to be different from all the rest. Uh, There's going to be no intro music. There's going to be no me reading from my note cards to make sure I mention everything I'm supposed to mention. I'm actually walking down the street in Denver, Colorado. Uh, It's about 10 o'clock at night, and it's the night before this episode is going to be released. And I have a bunch of interesting topics to talk about, and we're going to get to that. But if this is your first time listening, I will say that we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and a lot of things that are unseen and otherworldly. You know, the most important things in our lives are our feelings and thoughts and and caring and compassion. You know, it's not the new car and the house. I mean, those are nice too, but anyway, we try to go deeper on this show into spirituality. And of course, really, you know, putting it into practice and encouraging all our listeners to put it into practice. Because reading about it, talking about it is wonderful, but it's not enough. So, um, and of course our sponsor, come on, you guys who are listening, you know who this bar sponsor is. It is Pause Your Life. Pause Your Life. When you, ever, when you feel like you just need to hit the pause button and just take a break, whether it's for a couple hours or a couple days, Pause Your Life offers meetups and retreats. And it's just wonderful. We actually had a Pause Your Life meetup in Colorado Springs last weekend, and it was just phenomenal. I mean, it was a small group, but the exercises we do in these meetups are just tremendous. Our New Jersey group is above 520 members. And Colorado Springs, I think we're up to 180. So pauseyourlife.org is the website. And... I know a lot of you like the intro music, so I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to play the intro music this week, but um, hopefully you can get in the zone while you're listening to this episode. And I don't want to walk too fast because I don't want to start breathing heavy. Um, I've heard people who do, you know, walking podcasts. You know, they record themselves talking while they're walking on a regular basis and that's their podcast show but you always hear them like you know kind of out of breath and and yeah there's some cars going by over there so you're probably going to hear some background noise here and there even though it is after 10 at night and I'm walking past I'm slowly walking past all these houses that there are still some lights on but you know people are turning in people are calling it a day So the first thing I want to talk about is the idea of being still. So when we meditate, we obviously, we want to be still. And, you know, if we can still our mind or, or not that we can still our mind, if our mind becomes still, (laughs) because it's hard to make your mind still, right? That doesn't work. Um, stillness is, 
is what it's all about. And when we think of meditation and when we do meditation, we, all, we often think about our mental activity. And, um, you know, we're prescribed by a lot of methods of meditation to sit in a comfortable position, which you can, you know, maintain that position for the duration of your meditation. Because what you don't want to be doing is, you know, moving around and shifting around and, and all this stuff. So, you know, through practice, you can find the position that works best for you, something that you can remain still. Um, in my experience, uh, some people have trouble staying still. And, and I don't know why this is. This could be for a lot of different reasons, I guess. But for some reason, they have to keep moving around, moving their body, and, you know, coughing and everything. All these different things and, and, and constantly moving around and just almost being noisy when you're supposed to be being silent and still. And, of course, then there's other people who meditate and they are able to be still. And, and basically maintain the same position throughout meditation. I mean, at times we all have to adjust the way we're sitting or something if it's uncomfortable. I mean, that's kind of obvious. Um, and here comes a car. I hope I'm not... <laughs> they're they're kind of pulling up behind me and looking at me funny. Oh, because I was in front of their driveway. Okay. So here's the thing. Being still during meditation is something you have to will yourself to do. Okay? It's not like, oh, well, my back is sore. And, you know, you can make every excuse in the book to reasons why you have to move around and adjust yourself and keep making noise. And you can make all the excuses you want. The fact is, and because this has happened to me, the fact is at some point you just have to tell yourself, look, I'm sitting still. That's it. <laughs> I'm not moving around. Even if I want to move or even if my, I, I'm just in the habit of moving around, I'm going to sit still. And this has happened to me many times over the years when we'll be meditating and, you know, nope. See, now they're closing their garage. Uh, I wonder if you can hear that. Can you hear that garage door closing? You know, over the years, sometimes when I've been meditating, after about 40 minutes or 50 minutes, or sometimes even after 30 minutes, I start to feel like, that's it, I'm done. I don't want to meditate anymore. But, you know, the meditation is being led by our spiritual guide and you can't just stand up and walk out it's he's conducting the meditation and you know you have to be there i mean i want to be there so at times my mind would just start thinking and thinking and and i'd just try to you know relax or whatever and it just wouldn't work and you know you know what i did in those situations I just said, you know what? That's it. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to try to meditate. 
I'm not going to kill myself or disappoint myself. I said, look, I'm just going to sit here quiet. That's all. You know, most days I can meditate pretty good. Today I can't. Oh, well, so what? But at least I'm going to be still and not disturb other people. So I know that's a little different than the point I was saying right before that, which was you can actually use your will to say, look, I'm going to be still and quiet. So I really think that's true. And it, it's a, you know, it's, it's all, it's a different experience for all of us, but I just think sometimes we, we have more power than we think we have. And we sort of make these little lame excuses about why I can't sit still. When in reality, if you just made up your mind and made a decision and said, that's it, I'm sitting still, you would sit still. So I don't know if that makes sense. Um, it, I think it has long-term effects, though, because if you get in a bad habit of not sitting still, of moving around and making noise, you're never going to meditate deeply. You just never will, because you're always going to be thinking about adjusting your position or coughing or whatever. Um so a little bit of physical discipline over time will really help in your meditation. It'll it allow by being still, it allows your mind to become still. <laughs> Whereas if your body is not still, then your mind is not going to be still either. So we left um, Colorado Springs earlier today to drive up to Denver and we brought this little boom speaker in the car it's like one of these little bluetooth speakers it's, not, it's actually not that little but it's a bluetooth speaker and it's pretty cool it's pretty loud and it sounds pretty good and it's cool because I can play music on my phone and it'll play through the speaker one of the places we use the speaker is in our Toyota Prius because the radio I can connect I can I can make phone I can connect to the car radio to make phone calls but I can't play music through the car stereo with my phone which is very annoying I know most of the new cars have that capability but our Prius is a 2008 so I guess it doesn't have that capability. Um, so we brought the boom speaker. So we broke out the boom speaker and I, and I broke out my phone and we started listening to some podcasts, which is, that's the real bummer about the fact that our Prius doesn't play Bluetooth music is because I, even when I drove across the country from New Jersey to Colorado Springs, I could not listen to podcasts or anything off of my phone. So I had to, I did play music and podcasts off my phone, but I had to wear my earbuds, which is just, is not as good. So anyway, we're driving up earlier today from Colorado Springs to Denver, and we were 
listening to Mark Marin's podcast, uh, WTF. And because my wife wanted to hear the episode where, um, so Mark Marin interviewed Barack Obama on his show. Barack Obama literally came to his house and sat in his garage with him and recorded a podcast episode. And it was very cool, actually. But the very next episode that Mark Marin did on WTF, him and his producer actually just sat around and talked for an hour and 20 minutes about that experience, about how they, you know, how the White House contacted them about a year before the show actually happened. And they just, you know, were talking and, you know, here and there talking and sort of building trust with each other. And it just was a phenomenal story uh, on so many levels. And I really actually appreciated Mark Marin's. A lot of the things he was talking about was about all the, you know, chatter in his mind about, my God, I'm going to interview the president. I better read up on politics. I better read his book, which he actually did. Mark Marin read Barack Obama's book to prepare, you know, to help prepare and like all the fears and stuff that Mark was going through. I mean, think about that. It's a once in a lifetime chance. You know, any, each of us would want to do it right or do a good job. It's not something you want to screw up. But one thing his producer said really stuck out to me, which was, again, they were literally talking on some level, going back and forth for about a year. And in the beginning, it was very light. There was not even any mention of the president being on his show. They were just sort of, you know, it almost like just, you know, lightly talking about it, but never actually mentioning it. And then two or three, four months went by. And then there was mention of, hey, maybe he could be on the show in a very subtle, nice way and all this stuff. Anyway, the point is, the point I took from it, is that things in life take time. You know, relationships and trust take time to build. And even beyond that, you know, the universe has its own time. Nature has its own time. Things happen in their own time. And of course, as impatient human beings, sometimes you and I, we want things to happen right now <laughs> or, or this week or this month. And it, it doesn't, it just takes, seems to take years. You know, my business is a great example of that. How I've been in the podcasting business for four years now. And just now you can hear that plane, right? And just now I'm starting to get, you know, more clients and better clients and, and all this kind of thing. So things take time. I mean, think, think of things in your life that you kind of wanted to happen like right now, but it just took time. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a no brainer and almost shouldn't even have to be said because it's just true. I mean, look at nature, but I don't know. At times, maybe in your life, you kind of want to make a change and 
you're kind of starting to put effort into building some sort of a new life but you just keep working and working and working and nothing really happens I think it's you know encouraging to know that things take time I mean back from 15 20 years ago when I was in a network marketing company for a short spell um, one of the speakers at one of the events said it's like moving a boulder you know you're going to push and push and put, you're going to put so much energy into moving this big boulder and it's not going to move one inch. But after a while of pushing and pushing, it, it will move one inch. And then guess what? Once it moves one inch, if you keep pushing, it'll move another inch and then two more inches and then five more inches. And then, and what happens is it starts to pick up momentum until at a certain point, guess what? This boulder is rolling down a hill. You can't stop it. No one can stop it. So what started out as really tough, grinding job that wasn't showing you any results, look what it became. It became this huge success that has its own momentum. And you, you don't even have to push it after that. You do nothing. That's how I feel with my business, and, and that's what happened with, you know, Mark Marin and his producer getting Barack Obama on the show. It just takes time, and then once it picks up its own momentum, it just happens. So, so I received a letter from a listener, and I did not ask her if I could read this on the show, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to read this, part of it, and... Um, and I'm, but I'm not going to give her name, but I'm going to read part of this because this is, uh, this is real, I guess. So, okay, let me just read this and, and maybe this is something you can relate to here. Um, okay. I'm reading from her email. I would like to hear your insight on living a spiritual slash mystic life and dealing with negative people people that I can't just cut out of my life completely. I have a couple people in my life that seem to wake up miserable and go to bed miserable. At first, I felt it was my job to make everyone happy and show them the positive in everything. Then I realized they're, they really aren't even listening to me. Um, I feel that they want me to listen to them but not say anything or give any advice or feedback. They are aware of my journey and my goal to live a positive life. And sometimes I feel like the only answer is to just avoid them. But this also doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Hmm. Well, number one, one of the greatest spiritual principles is acceptance and and by the way I have like five or six different points I'm gonna I want to sort of respond to her questions um so <laughs> when I bring up acceptance you know you know giving up trying to change others you know stopping trying to change others um that's not just the blanket answer to the question <laughs> um although on a super high level maybe it is actually acceptance 
that's pretty deep if you you can take that in a deep way or a superficial way acceptance but so if you could accept just what is you accept people as they are you accept the situation as it is uh then it it doesn't hurt as much so that's that's one part of the answer that's not the whole answer another way to look at this or another way to handle it is to be quiet and allow the universe to unfold as it will like i said before things take time and also sometimes the universe just has a way of making things happen in a certain way and you know it's like like certain things they're just going to happen <laughs> whether you want it to or not they're just going to happen so you know one of the best ways to pray for someone and i know i've said this before on the show but one of the best ways to pray for someone is not to pray for their good health or their prosperity or or that they overcome a difficult thing or anything like that i think the best prayer you can say is you know god do with him or her as you will just hand it over to god or the universe and say look just do what's best that's it sometimes that's hard to do i mean all this stuff sometimes is hard to do um okay so one of the biggest ways to look at this is uh is look at the headlights coming toward me right now <laughs> so yeah there's a car going by um probably looking at me like i'm weird or crazy so one, a really powerful way to look at this, you know, again, dealing with negative people in your life. And it's difficult. You know, first of all, I, I should have started off the answer by saying, look, it's difficult. It's really hard. It's one of the most difficult and annoying things in the world. It really is. At the same time, it's an opportunity for your growth. You know? One of the things I admire most about my spiritual guide is that he is leading a huge organization of people. And most of these people, they act the right way. They do the right things. But there's always people who do not act the right way and do the wrong things. <laughs> and, I, and, and the way he handles them... It's, it's just, he, he's very, just, he just, it's almost like a non-issue. Like, I mean, he might hint at something or gently say something, but he never reprimands anybody really. And, and here comes this car again. <laughs> yeah, they're, I, I'm definitely crazy. Okay. You know, so if he's able to accept the fact that there's certain individuals all over the world who are uh, doing th wrong things, you know, and, and representing hi and him. You know, think about that. That's like if you're if you owned a company and your employees are doing the wrong thing. Well, business is different. Actually, that's not a good example because <laughs> if an employee's not doing the right thing, you just fire them. Um, Anyhow, you get the point that, you know, 
nothing's perfect. There's always going to be things that are negative or annoying and we can learn to just accept them and live with them and see the, this might sound stupid, but see the beauty in them, right? Not only the beauty in the situation, but the beauty inside the person. So, so one of the most powerful ways to look at this is the fact that when you prioritize the ultimate spiritual truth in your own heart, worldly troubles are blunted. I'm going to say that again. That's a little note I wrote, by the way. Could you tell I was reading? All right, I'll read it again. When you prioritize the ultimate spiritual truth in your own heart, worldly troubles are blunted. And what I mean by that is that when you start in earnest focusing on your spiritual growth and meditating, trying to figure out what is this divine spark that is in my heart. When you make that search a priority in your life, the negative people around you and the annoying situations around you, they're blunted. They're not so annoying. (laughs) You know, maybe on a scale of one to 10, they were a nine a level nine annoying before, but when you're really focusing on your spiritual practice, maybe it'll feel like a two. And you can handle it too, right? Sure you can. So in some sense, the answer to the question is not by changing the other person, but by changing yourself. Changing your focus and your priority Focus is one thing. Priority is another. So when we really make spirituality a priority, the world changes. I'm telling you, I've experienced this. The problem is that a normal human being living a fairly comfortable life, they just, you know, they take the easy, the easy way, the easy road. Just keep living life, keep having fun, comfortable. It's only when life smacks you down and hands you a lot of pain and suffering and that's when we say oh god why do i have to suffer there's more to life than this and that's when we start looking in our heart and saying you know what someday this body's gonna quit it's gonna be done it's gonna lay down motionless done then what that's the question that's the spiritual question. And, and my last point about this question of how to handle negative people, because she mentioned that she feels like avoiding these people, but in a way she doesn't feel that's right. And I'm here to say, <laughs> that sounded funny. I'm here to say that avoiding people like that is okay. It really is okay to avoid these people when you can't handle it anymore. You don't have to torture yourself. There's no need to give yourself more pain and suffering than you need. So, and look, there's got to be a balance to that as well. You know, if... See, there's, there's a, those planes are kind of loud. And I know this recorder picks them up very well. This is a good recorder. 
and my hand is starting to freeze around this recorder. Um, but I want to just say to my friend Mike Helms, Mike, I got the little the furry wind screen on top of this too, so I hope you I hope you don't hear any wind <laughs> uh, distorting the mic. So avoiding is okay. You don't have to torture yourself. Again, you, you can't just you know disown everybody in your life and disown the whole world. I mean, you're going to have to you know accept certain things and deal with a certain amount of negativity and all this stuff. But if it gets too crazy, if it gets to be too much, nothing wrong with avoiding it, you know. You don't have to torture yourself like I said. And yes, so that car went by. So I hope that helps answer that question. Um, I know I threw out a bunch of ideas. Look, I'm not here to give, you know, this isn't math class. You know, you give me a problem and I give you a, an exact solution. Um, I'm just giving you my ideas and I guarantee you have ideas about this too. What would you say about this? How do you handle negative people in your life? You know, or maybe you don't, maybe you're lucky. Maybe you don't have any negative people in your life. So, all right, next. So I'm starting this new podcast show and it's based around this new school that I'm starting as well. I have this whole new initiative that I'm starting and I'm really psyched about it and I'm actually putting a lot of work into it and I'm actually investing money into it as well. The school is called Podcast Engineering School. So I'm going to teach, you know, people about podcasting. I'm going to teach beginners, you know, how to start from the beginning. And I'm going to teach experienced podcasters how to really learn some audio engineering skills that can really help the sound. And as part of the school, which is going to offer, you know, training courses and stuff like that, I'm starting a podcast show you know, sort of like to talk to podcast engineers and to learn what other people are doing and just sort of answer people's questions around podcast engineering and, and producing. And so I just hired this company and it's run by a woman I met a few years ago, uh, Jessica Rhodes, and her company is Interview Connections. She actually helps find you interview guests. And so I'm going through the process of talking to her and her team about, okay, what is my show about? What kind of guests do I want to have on the show? Because they need to know this because then they're going to go out and find good guests, right? So one of the things I was a little apprehensive about, and I first have to tell you, I wrote a book in 2010 called Leap Beyond Your Limits. And in the book, I had a whole section about the, you know, the two different attitudes, competitive attitude and a cooperative attitude. So some business people, they look at their competition and they're afraid and they want to avoid their competition and they're angry at their competition and they, they want to kill their competition, right? All that. And by the way, that's a scarcity mentality and that's just in the big picture, not good at all. So the cooperative attitude is where, okay, you have other people or other companies that are technically your competitors in business, 
you're not worried about it. You're, in a way, you're different from all them, even though you might be a comp- competitor. And, you know, hey, there's enough business to go around. We can all do well. So I can talk to my competitors. I can, I can cooperate with my competitors. And in the end, we'll all do well and we'll all be happy, live happy lives. So that's the abundance mentality, right? So I am definitely an abundance mentality kind of person. I'm definitely a cooperative kind of person. I always want to work with everybody and, and do well working together with everybody. Um, but I have to say, after hosting many podcast shows over the years and have interviewing many guests, a fair amount of guests who come on your show, who, who came on my shows, yes, they brought some value and they told their story and they gave good information, but, you know, uh, some of them, many of them, it became like an infomercial for their product or service. So meaning they used my show to try to sell their stuff and kind of in a shameless way. And as a, as in when you're interviewing someone that's just shamelessly selling or promoting their stuff, you know, it, it's, it's horrible because it, it puts you in a bad spot. You can't really call it out and say, Hey man, can you stop promoting your stuff so much? Can you just have a conversation with me? You can't say that because then you look like a jerk. And you can't edit it out later because if they listen, they're going to say, hey, you edited out my stuff. Which, you know, okay, technically if it's your show, you can edit out whatever you want. But you get the idea. It's just at times it's been really awkward for me and I really didn't like it. So, starting this new show, I'm working with Jessica. She's finding me people to interview and I'm starting this show to support my school, which is going to teach people podcasting, right? Podcasting skills and strategies and how to do it, how to launch your show. And so I know there's a lot of podcast producers out there who have companies that do the same thing. They teach you how to podcast or they'll podcast for you. You know, they'll do the technical part for you. And I was just envisioning like, man, I hope, you know, if I had these people on my show, they're definitely going to say, oh, and if you want to learn about podcasting, go to my website. We have a course and everything. There's a siren in the background there. Can you hear that? Yeah, I'm sure you can hear that. So I'm thinking that these people are going to come on and, you know, promote their course and push their stuff when, when I'm when I have a course. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? Like, I just was thinking, you know what? I, so I told Jessica, I said, look, maybe in the beginning we don't, let's interview a bunch of other people who aren't my competition. And what even one member from her team said, look, you know, she, she gave me the uh, competitive versus cooperative speech. And I told her, I said, look, no, trust me. I get it. (laughs) I'm a cooperative kind of guy. I'm not afraid of my competition. I'm really not. I just want to produce a good show and I don't want it to be a big sales pitch show. That's all. And it's not me that I'm worried about. It's not my attitude that I'm concerned about. It's setting the expectation of the guest and making sure they don't 
over-promote themselves. Because I do want to become friends with these people. And I, and I don't look at them negatively as my competition. I just want to produce a good show. Anyway, that's why I brought that up. So it, it kind of made me think, you know, of course, this is the mystic show. What does that have to do with spirituality? Well, it, it brought up this idea of discrimination. That the higher our awareness becomes, the easier it is for us to discriminate worldly situations. What's good for us? What's bad for us? What's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? We actually get better at discriminating between those things. The more we practice meditation and spirituality, right? So, so discrimination in this sense means I just, I don't want to foolishly trust other people who are not trustworthy. Now look, that, that's, (laughs) that sounds way worse than it, than it is that, than my sentiment is. That's, I'm, I'm not, I don't think these people are untrustworthy. I'm just making the point in this way that, you know, I'm a very trusting kind of guy and it's happened in business so many times that I just trust people. I think they're going to do the right thing. And, and if they say, Hey, I'm not going to over promote my stuff. Well then I think, okay, they're going to be a good interview and not over promote their stuff, but then we'll get on the show and they'll over promote their stuff. So I don't want to foolishly trust other people so it's kind of a conundrum like in a way I'm not sure what to do but deep down I I know what to do and that is to just just go with it just interview interview the people I want to interview there's another car went by you know interview the good people in the podcast production and engineering space and you know what if they promote their stuff too much I don't know what I'll do but in the end I'm not worried about it. You know, I, what I'm creating is so much different from them. So, so much different from what they're doing and creating. I'm definitely bringing a new angle to the whole podcast training world because of my audio engineering background. So, so it's funny. I, I learn a lot from, I have learned a lot from interacting with the deer in our backyard because last week they came by the back door and we threw out a carrot and then they came right up to the back door and we we fed them some food you know some potatoes and carrots and uh I think we threw asparagus but they didn't really like that very much and we put out some wheatgrass and they didn't like that at all <laughs> um but you know how the deer are they move really slow they move slow and they just kind of wait they look and they look and they wait and then they move a little more and you know and they're careful and they don't really do anything until they sort of know that it's the right thing to do and how do they know well they're they're quiet they wait they watch and they let time go by and they let time itself sort of push the situation forward and then they just kind of know what to do they don't rush into it they kind of know what to do and in a way that's what I've done with this you know booking guests for my new podcast show I've just 
waited. I'm thinking, okay, I feel this, I think that, but I didn't just make any crazy decisions, and, and now, now everything's okay. So, you know, Charji, Master Charji has said, and this is one of my favorite, you know, quotes from him, is, uh, when in doubt, don't. Let's think about that. When in doubt, don't. So if you want to do something, but you're not sure if you should, then maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> anyway, we've talked about that before on the show. Because the heart knows. The heart, when you're doing something that's right and that's natural and that's appropriate, your heart is silent. It's just a normal, happy heart. Everything's fine. But when you're doing wrong things, your heart speaks up as your conscience and it raises its objection to what you're doing. So, um, so that's why if we just wait, be patient, like the deer, kind of stand there, look around, wait, move a little, keep assessing. And over time, you, you just know what to do. Um, I'm sure you've experienced that. So, all right, well, my thumb, I think is frozen. It's, it's not below 32 degrees, so I, I'm hoping there's not a chance that I have frostbite, but really, my thumb is super cold. Um, I hope this walking down a street in Denver at 10.30 at night episode uh, was a good one for you. <laughs> um, I hope I brought some insights. Um, I hope I somehow connected to some insights that are inside of you and you probably had some ideas while listening to this episode so maybe you want to write them in your diary or journal maybe you want to talk to somebody about some of these topics maybe one of your co-workers or your spouse maybe your kids so I'm happy uh, I'm just happy. I'm happy walking down a street in Denver at 10:30 at night recording an episode of the Mystic Show. It it's really great. I appreciate all your support and your letters and your reviews and iTunes and the ratings and um this Mystic Show has really become something pretty cool. And um as always if you have questions or any comments, just leave them on the website on this post. This is episode, I didn't even say what episode this was. Um, I think it's 161. So, all right. Until next time, you know what to do. Keep shining. <laughs>